Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Afternoons on News Talk 770-403-974-8255. We're just talking out there about gas prices, and I kept forgetting the point I wanted to make the other day. Uh, it's a little late to have the kind of oomph it did, but you know, last weekend was like a long weekend, kind of, right? Friday was a remembered stay, a holiday for most. The price of gas went down right before the weekend. The price of gas went down again this week. I saw 81.9, in fact. So uh, anyway, something to keep in mind, I guess, as we head into uh, yet another weekend, just a regular weekend, of course. All right, a few other things I want to get to before we're all done here today, but I want to talk right now about this idea of cryogenics. The idea of being frozen and then being uh, being brought back to life at some point. Uh, I mean, it sounds like science fiction, and I guess we've never really done it in the sense that we've frozen somebody and then brought them back. But obviously, you know, technology has improved. Maybe it's not as far-fetched as it once was. Well, this is all in the news this week because of a story involving a 14-year-old girl in the U.K., and she died just recently of a rare form of cancer. She wrote a, a letter to the court in which she said, quote, I don't want to die, but I know I am going to. I want to live longer. I want to have this chance. The girl was known only as J.S. Wanted to be cryogenically preserved. With at least having the, the prospect of, who knows, some point down the road 100 years from now, that what cannot be cured today will be able to be cured then. So maybe it is far-fetched that she can just be thought out, be the same person she was before, be essentially kind of brought back to life, cure her cancer, and then live in the future. Well, this all went to court the girl's mother supported her desire. The father opposed it. And the judge this week took the girl's side. So I wanted to spend some time talking a bit more about what it is we're dealing with here, what the science is, and how this all works. So we've uh, got with us here today Linda Chamberlain, who is the founder of Alcor Life Extension Foundation. Alcor.org is their website if you want to find out more. Linda, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's nice to be here. All right. Well, let's talk a bit more about what Alcor Life Extension Foundation offers, the, the science of cryonics. What, what are we talking about here? Well, you already stated it pretty well. The idea is to slow down and stop the dying process, um, keep the patient in stasis until future medical science can cure what um, they've died of, cure their aging if necessary and bring them back to healthy function. So what's involved in the process, right? We think of it as humans being frozen, but what's actually being done to the body? Well, it's a a multi-step process 
and in the early days we called it being frozen because indeed um, the water in the body was being turned to water ice. However, our more modern um, protective chemicals, we actually vitrify our patients, which means that the water is not turning to ice, but it's being turned into a glaceous state, uh, which is much less damaging to the biological tissues. Well, the, first pro the first steps are to uh, stabilize the patient as soon as possible after they've been pronounced legally dead, uh, get them into an ice bath so that we can start cooling. Um, most people um, are familiar with the fact that hypothermia slows down biological processes. Um, then we introduce uh, 16 different medications that are designed to stabilize the cells and again help to slow down the dying process. Um, they are put on oxygen and a thumper is applied so that the breathing and um, heart uh, and circulation are reestablished. That's necessary so that the medications can continue to be circulated throughout their body. Um, the second stage of the stabilization is to replace their blood with a cryoprotect or with a um, uh, protective perfusate. It's very similar to what is used uh, in organs that are uh, going to be used for transplant. And at that point, the patient can be um, transferred if necessary um, to different countries, uh, to different states, uh, whatever. They're, they're safe enough at, at that point uh, to do a transport. Uh, once they arrive at Alcor's facility, our operating room, um, it, it's basically open-heart surgery um, so that we can now replace the earlier organ transplant type of fluid um, and begin introducing a medical-grade antifreeze so that we can gradually take the body down in temperature um, so that we can get it to liquid nitrogen, which is minus 197 degrees centigrade, and at that temperature, the atoms do not move, so there's no further deterioration. Uh, the dying process has been stopped at that point. And they can stay there for, it doesn't matter, for any period of time and until medical science can um, find the cures that are necessary to bring them back to healthy function. Okay, well, well, explain, though, what um, one aspect I'm still confused by, because we're talking about somebody who has been declared legally dead. So does that mean we're talking about bringing somebody back from the dead? No, but it, it, it is a definitional type of thing. I think everybody has heard situations where a person has been pronounced legally dead, meaning their heart and lungs have stopped working, but many hours later, um, in one case, I think it was almost 18 hours later, because they had drowned in a very cold um, lake and they were hypothermic, which is one of our steps, um, they were brought back to life. So in that sense, if you consider the person dead because their heart and lungs have stopped, then I guess you'd have to say you're bringing them back from death. But in real actuality, um, just because the heart and lungs have stopped and that person cannot function on their own, um, that doesn't mean that every cell in their body has died. That's why we talk about uh, our goal is to 
slow down and stop the dying process so it doesn't get to the place where there's no information left um, so that that person could eventually be resuscitated. And has anybody ever actually gone through this? Has any human ever been placed into a cryogenic state and been brought back from it? No, we are not at that point yet. So from from that standpoint, it's still something which is not proven. On the other hand, um, a rabbit kidney was frozen uh, by by a cryobiologist. He removed both of the kidneys, um, and one of the kidneys was vitrified, then thawed, and placed back in the rabbit, and the rabbit survived. So even though a kidney is not as big as a whole human being, there's the proof of concept. And, of course, everybody's familiar with things like uh, freezing sperm and uh, eggs. Mm-hmm. And um, at one time it was thought, well, that's impossible. They'll never be able to make babies. But, you know, we know that there are hundreds of thousands of happy babies, uh, teenagers, walking around um, as a result of that process. So it is technologically feasible. Right. Now, and, and this is a legal process, obviously, but um, there, there is some concern that it's unregulated. So wh- where, where does it stand in terms of how the law applies to this? Well, there's no specific, like the FEC, you know, for regulating um, investments and that sort of thing. But we uh, basically follow all the rules um, for both mortuary science and medical science. Now, what's that? There's there's a cost involved here, obviously. So the fee is paid, that the body is placed into this state, the body is held. What's the expectation for how long the body would be held then? Most people these days consider it's probably someplace between 50 and 100 years. That's just a projection of where is medical science today, uh, how quickly is it moving, and how soon will the technologies we need um, be available to us, and, and that's the best guess. Back in 1972, when we first started Alcor, we had no idea. We thought it could possibly be hundreds or even thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, medical science has progressed wonderfully in the last 50 years and, and has really cut down um, that potential and um, that makes it much more exciting. All right. So in this case, then, for example, the the thinking would be that at some point in the future, let's say it's 50 years from now, there's there's a cure for this, this particular form of cancer that's not available today. Who would make the decision then to, to bring somebody back? How, how does that process work? Well, uh, the decision will be made by people within Alcor. The criteria will be that, first of all, the technologies available will have to be able to cure whatever caused this person um, to have a legal death. Um, And secondly, nobody would want to come back as an old person, so those same technologies will um, it, it will be necessary to be able to reverse their aging, and anything that can reverse um, the freezing process will almost by definition be able to reverse the aging process. And um, it will have to have been, you know, very successful with animals and that sort of thing first. And what about, and maybe this is a 
philosophical question of sorts, that the concept of what makes us us, who we are, who we perceive ourselves to be, the, the memories we have, the experience we's, uh, experiences we've gone through in, in our life, d- does all that stay with us? As somebody comes out of this cryogenic state, are they the same person as the one that went into it? That's a fascinating question and one that um, those of us involved in this area uh, spend a lot of time talking about. Neuroscience um, these days knows an awful lot more about the human brain um, than it did, say, 50 years ago when we first got started with this. Basically, what makes you you is your memories, your experience. It's not the specific atoms in your neurons, but it's the way the neurons interact with each other. And so um, most neuroscientists will agree these days that um, the thing that makes me me and you you is uh, the way uh, that information is used within our individual brains. So if we can map the individual connectome, the the map of the neurons and the way they interact, um, we'll be able to uh, have that person back. Will there be some memory loss? Probably. I mean, I've got memory loss. I'm Mm -hmm. 70 years old, and sometimes I can't think of every word that I want. And I'm always alarmed when somebody says, do you remember when? And I didn't until they brought it up. Uh, So we all have memory loss. None of us is the same person that we were yesterday. Uh, The changes that happen to us um, over even something like 24 hours are so slow, and we don't notice them. Um, And I guess you could say we don't know what we don't know. So as things change within our own brains, um, we're, we're not really aware of it. So we have this sense of continuity which isn't really real. We're more of a ever-changing flow of information than we are a concrete, specific thing. And I suppose, I mean, a, a shot at life is, is a shot at life. Uh, one thinks, though, and I know this is not quite time travel, but to, to imagine someone from 1916 all of a sudden being plunked here in 2016, uh, I'm not sure how that person would be able to function. It, it would be it would be too much. It would be too overwhelming. So, uh, can can we fathom what that would be like to, to wake up 100 years from now and, and try to, to fit into that world? Well, I think that it will be different for every individual. There are some people right now living who find it difficult to cope with the changes. They talk about information overload. Uh, some people hate cell phones and they hate the internet and they hate Facebook and and these kind of things. They can't cope with it. So there will be some people who will have difficulty, uh, but I think that many people, there will be many people who don't at all. I, for example, um, don't look forward to it with anxiety of any kind. To me, it will be a fascinating experience. And of course, learning will be so much easier um, when our brains are enhanced than right now so that catching up on what we've missed uh, during the, the period of time that we were in stasis, it, it will be very easy compared to today. So when, when do you intend to go into stasis? Well, I'm 70. It's probably going to happen sometime in the next 10 or 20 years. Fascinating. Well, people can uh, read more at alcor.org. That's the website for the Alcor Life Extension Foundation. It's been a fascinating conversation, Linda. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're very welcome.
All right, well, there you go. Linda Chamberlain, founder of Alcor Cryonics. I understand, too, her husband actually is is frozen. She intends on it. But I guess that's, you know, that's the other thing. If you were planning on doing that, and you're thinking, I'm going to wake up in 50 or 100 years and live in the future, would you want to freeze yourself sooner rather than later? I don't know. That's, it boggles the mind. You know, someone texted to say it sounds like a Ponzi scam, right? We don't know. We don't know if any of these people can be woken up and revived. Um, it's possible. Scientifically, it, it could maybe be done. We just don't know. And so they think, would you wake up? Would you still be who you are? And the other thing, too, and I mean, it just, I, I just, I can't comprehend it. If you took someone from 1916 and plunked them here today, there's no way they would function. Everything would terrify them. Nothing would make sense. How could you live in that world? I just, yeah, so, uh, so many questions. Anyway, we'll take a break here. We're long in this segment. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.